Chop it. Is this supposed to be because we're getting hyped about draft picks and we're putting uh, an iron over all these incoming players? They're sexy and you know it. <laughs> Some a little bit more sexier than the others, like Big Mac Daddy Jones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dan, how are you doing? It's a, it's, you know what, man? It's a good day. It's day one of the Masters with it. We watched an unbelievable round by Justin Rose. The college hockey game, the first game was fucking outstanding. With it, the second game is going to start here in about 26 minutes. My life is fucking great. I got my second COVID shot. I had no symptoms. My life's fucking baller, dude. What's up with you, man? Not much. I actually had my second COVID shot recently, and oh, I did not have the, the same look you did. It was very rough. I had mm. full side effects. Chills, oh. fever, headache, soreness. It was not fun, but what do they say? Better than COVID? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear that, man. That's just, it's not a fun one. Oh, well, it's done. Ben, you know, this is an exciting pod. Not so much for me, because I don't really get to enjoy what we're going to be talking about personally, but it's the rookie draft. And this is arguably the most excited time, exciting time of the year in our league, or in really any dynasty league. It is fun to draft rookie players and be optimistic. And this pod, we're going to go through the first round, just kind of doing a mock draft. Oh, I love mock drafts. I This is the fun part where we get to get all this hype. And you and I think that we're the fucking bee's knees when we predict all this shit and then nothing fucking goes right. Oh, no. It's going to be a complete 180 when people do this. So please do not be offended if we gave you this player, we gave you that player, we passed on that one. We, uh, you know, I think, I can't speak for you, Dan, but I think... At least we alternated picks. We did this offline. I think for me, I tried to kind of envision what I think this team would do based on where their team was sitting and what maybe kind of needs and how the board maybe would look. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was I'm prepping the all important pieces of sound effect as we go through <laughs> um, with it. I, I fucked up on a couple of things there, but I, it's so much fun. I this I've been looking forward to this for for the last week. And I, I know you and I, when we talked about it, I had a couple of disagreements with part of it and where these, some of these people are going to land. But I think at the end of the day, uh, you talked about it, that what we're going to talk about, I don't think comes as a shock to anybody. No, I think, you know, we'll just, we'll start with it momentarily, but I think the 12 guys that we're talking about, you know, the, the NFL draft is obviously going to shake things up, you know, because how the NFL views players is often different than how, the dynasty or fantasy community beats those players. So that's going to be, you know, eye awakening or eye opening. But for right now, I mean, it, I think it's hard to argue about these 12 guys going in the first round versus really anyone else, but we might be biased a little bit. Oh, and I think you can make a case for, for any number of these people as we, as we begin to look at what the draft is going to give to us. Okay. Well, I think we should jump in and I think, to start off, we're going to kind of do a little bit groupings, like we'll we'll read off each pick, but then I think we're going to kind of talk about, you know, them one at a time, but the players and picks kind of go hand to hand with each other. So to start off, Dan, you had the first overall pick, you had the odds, I had the evens, and do you want to start us off with the, the first overall pick? Armand selected Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. God, gotta love Trevor Lawrence. 
No, right here. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, and I, I think it's just it's one of those ones that makes it disputed here. But let's let's go ahead and move into yep. to, let's to pick number two here. Pick number two. Jerry's on the clock. The pick is in, and Jerry select Zach Wilson. Yeah, quarterback from BYU. Uh, definitely the the Joe Burrow of this class. And kind of the last person that or last pick we want to talk about in this cluster is going to be Sam picking in at number three, and he selects you know maybe the first surprise of the draft. Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones. Yep. All right. So let's let's start with Armand. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you know, often or I'd say it's rare that like a player kind of goes coast to coast as the number one overall pick. But Trevor Lawrence has really done this for not only this year, but kind of like the last two or three years. Like we've had him we've had him penciled in as number one overall pick, and he's done really nothing to refute that. Um, is there anything like surprising about this pick? Is there anything that Armand needs to think about? Is this a no-brainer? This is a no-brainer for me. I mean, when we look at Armand's roster, the only starting quarterback he has, has on his roster is Tua. Um, you know, the the Haskins piece with the with the trade for me didn't exactly pan itself out. Terod Taylor potentially could work his way into a backdoor if uh, Deshaun Watson has, you know, some additional issues. Trubisky's backing up. Um, He's got the MVP, though. Yeah, that's that's, that's short. that. Yep, nope, correct. Not not disagreeing with that. Um, yeah, I, I think this is just an easy pick. It's the guy that you can trust most often. It's the guy that you know you can go to um, to really get the job done here with the first pick. And I think he's the guy that doesn't have as many question marks as potentially some of the other ones. So, I mean, the one thing that I think that is just going to be fascinating, and we don't know where these players are going to land. Like we assume, you know, there's some safe assumptions you can make. Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one, 99.9%. Yep. Zach Wilson is probably going to be the number two overall pick. But then I think there's a lot of unknown. It seems like Mac Jones right now is the consensus in the media. There's some people that will swear up and down that that's not the case. And there's people that will swear up and down that this is a no-brainer. When San Fran traded up, though, to get the third overall pick, I think this created a lot of hoopla because... It is like a really good landing spot for any quarterback. Is there a scenario where a quarterback that goes the third quarterback off the board could rise to either number two in this draft or could, I mean, he even challenge Trevor Lawrence? I don't think so personally. No, I think Trevor Lawrence is as good as a, a real deal or something that you can feel confident coming in into this rookie draft. I think this is a guy that, I mean, even when we look at the class that had Baker Mayfield in it with Chasha or, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, the, the year prior um, mm-hmm. with, with Josh, Josh Allen, Josh yep. Rosen. Yep. All those guys. I think the, this Sam Trevor Dunham. Lawrence trumps them all. I think yeah. this is the guy that you have to say that, and Jacksonville's not a bad landing spot either. Yeah, San Francisco has a couple more weapons. They have a little bit more refined defense. Um, you're going to be able to get a little bit further, but that doesn't necessarily make you a better fantasy quarterback. And at the end of the day, we want a guy that's going to put up numbers and put up statistics, and I feel like Lawrence and Jacksonville is still the best way to go. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that from a value perspective. I think if Armand changes his mind, if for whatever reason, he's got to reach out to you know a Jerry or Sam or you know Chris and try to trade um, somewhere from that pick to, you know, get value. You can't take Lawrence has to go number one, but I will say, I think if a rushing quarterback goes to San Fran, like if Justin Fields, if Trey Lance, like, I don't know. I, I think there's an, a compelling argument to be made just because Shanahan, I think is one of the, you know, just premier offensive gurus in the league. 
with those weapons, I would just be so intrigued by one of those quarterbacks going there and enough to consider over Trevor Lawrence. So, so let me ask you this gun to your head. Obviously we're, we're almost an entire month out from, from the draft here. Yep. Who is San Francisco going to take at three? I mean, that's a million dollar question. I mean, it it, is sometimes it's, you know, you you can't overthink it because if everyone's telling you it's going to be Mac Jones, at some point you just got to believe him, even though if you don't, if you try to think that you're smarter than them, but like everyone is saying Mac Jones. I think it's interesting though, too, because Mac Jones didn't have a very good pro day and Justin Fields looked phenomenal in his pro day. Yeah, I mean, it's also, you know, it's it's a pro day. It's like football isn't played in, you know, your underwear and stuff like that. So, like, Uh, there's a lingerie foot. There's a lingerie football league, man. I've seen highlights. They do play football in underwear. (laughs) Touche. I I walked right into that one. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Well, okay. So, Armand, I mean, we really can't talk about, but like, let's talk about Jerry, you know, number two, Zach Wilson. He's another guy that seems very, like, kind of, etched in like going number two to the jets is i mean ignore jerry right now but like is for fantasy purposes is is it right to assume that zach wilson if he goes number two is the the number two quarterback from a finite for from a fantasy perspective i think so yes i think zach wilson provides some of those pieces that we really want to see from a statistical standpoint and i'm making sure that i get his college statistics pulled up here so i buy myself a couple couple time here um i mean just 73 percent completion percentage last year mm-hmm. with it i i mean 33 touchdowns and three interceptions he had three interceptions his freshman year with it and he had nine in 2019 with it just this kid this kid statistically is off the chart from a production standpoint i and his pro day again we we take pro days with with underwear in the lingerie football league um (laughs) but his pro day looked fucking disgusting and the one throw he made off of his back foot that went what 55 60 yards that was that was stupid yep no it was eye-opening i think it was it kind of like got the world to a standstill and everyone was just like whoa Yep, and I think I think when you look at the Jets organization and you look at the fact that Adam Gase is gone, like this becomes a little bit more appealing. They've got some additional weapons that that play into the New York Jets situation. With it, I think 100% Zach Wilson is the second pick in the overall NFL draft, and I think he definitely deserves to be the second pick in this draft. So I will go on record: whoever the Niners take will be my number two quarterback. Doesn't okay. matter who it is. Um, I'm assuming Wilson's going to go number two real life, but whoever the Niners take is going to be at the very least my number two quarterback without a doubt. I don't care if it's it's Mac, if it's Fields, if it's Trey Lance, whoever that is will be my number two quarterback. So do you look at that from a landing perspective, like literally just because the 49ers have a better team than what the Jets have right now? And that's, that's the reason you're putting them up there? Yeah, I mean, in addition to the team, it's also just the organization and surrounding them. Like, look at, like, the history of what uh, Kyle Shanahan has done. You know, he, like, I don't know if we, you remember this. I mean, if anyone in this, listening to this pod, the, the two people that are listening to it, <laughs> you know, the freaking, um, hold up, I need to stall. Like, Matt Ryan, he was, had an MVP type year in his second year. Like, yep. Shanahan's offense takes difficult time, you know, to kind of, um, wrap your head around but um matt or matt ryan dominated and freaking i'm trying to google real quick who this quarterback was but for the houston Texans, 
Fair Matt good. Schaub. Yeah, Matt Schaub. Schaub led the league in passing under Kyle Shanahan. Like, Kyle Shanahan gets the most out of anyone that is quarterback. You know, we've seen recently from um, uh, C.J. Beathard, you know, these random people, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. Like Mullins, they, Nick Mullins. Well, yep. Nick Mullins, like, he just pulls these guys in and they just get the job done. So, I think if you give him a quarterback, you know, in the top three, like, they've traded three first-round picks. Like, they clearly believe in someone, and they don't even know, like, for sure who the, the guy that they believe in is going to be there, but they just believed enough to move up. So, for me, it's a testament of the organization, the coach, and then, of course, the supporting staff around him. I mean, they've got a good offensive line. You know, you have Kittle, you have Debo, you have Brandon Ayuk, um, Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, it's just a very, very, very juicy um, landing spot for me. Yeah, so I mean, the one question question. the one question I'll ask you here is obviously we look at the fact that, yep, Shanahan runs a good offense, there's a good stuff. Is San Francisco the best place to get fantasy production out of a quarterback? I mean, we can see guys go in there, and I mean, if you get a guy that consistently puts up 12 points every week, is that better or worse than a guy that could boom for 23 but could bust for seven depending on the matchup? I mean, would you rather have that boom-bust situation or a guy that you consistently know is going to get you that 12 points? I mean, I, I don't know if I buy the argument like that San Fran can't be like a boom situation. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying they can't be either, but I looking at what that quarterback situation put in last year, and obviously I don't have the numbers up in front of me because it's so hard to pull with the yep. fact that they went through quarterbacks. I would be curious what the average, what what they put in per week compared to compared to different situations on where those quarterbacks would rank on a weekly production standpoint that gives you fantasy value. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I don't know if even if you had that information, like, that's not indicative of whoever their quarterback is because it's a brand new QB. So I don't know if that's entirely fair. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, they are like a little bit more of a defensive team. Shanahan does like to run the ball. But like, again, we've seen him with Matt Ryan. We've seen him with Matt Schaub. We've seen him with other quarterbacks. You know, RD3 is rookie year. Like, he will tailor an offense and he will get results. And, like, you best believe if you're going to trade three first-round draft picks, you're going to move up for a quarterback. Like, I think it's because Shanahan envisions, I mean, probably multiple quarterbacks from this draft being mm-hmm. extremely, like, well-suited for the NFL and for his offense. So, yeah, like, I think that this, whoever they take is going to have a very high floor. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, it's hard or to argue. With, yeah, I know what you meant. I, it's hard to argue some of those pieces that go with it. I just... I get nervous with it with the run first aspect of that team with it. Yeah. They have the the pieces around the side, but I guess it's the Jimmy Garoppolo that's hurting me on the inside because it, I don't see it. Fair enough. Well, let's move on to the third pick. And that was going to be Sam, you know, taking Mac Jones. Um, I'm assuming, you know, you made this pick. You The assumption is Mac Jones is going to be going to the Niners. Um, what is your just kind of thought on like this, the idea of Mac Jones going to the Niners. Like, do you think this is a smokescreen? Is this legit? Is this, is it still up for air? Does anyone really know for sure? I don't think anybody really knows for sure. But for me, this is a guy that's coming out of the most pro style ready offense that, that can go to a team and produce with it. And I, I see Mac Jones, not to me, Mac Jones reminds me of a better Alex Smith. He's a guy that's not going to lose you a game. He's going to do everything that he can to make sure that he hits the right passes take care of business, get the ball down the field. I mean, 20, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions playing with Alabama. And again, that's, I mean, we're watching basically the 33rd NFL team play 
um, you know, in college like that. I just, I just feel like Mac Jones is the most professional quarterback that we see coming into the draft. Doesn't necessarily mean he's the most polished, but he's the most professional quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with it if the assumption is that he goes to the Niners. You just heard my Niners rant. I, I won't complain about Mac Jones being the third quarterback off the board at the, the worst. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm curious, you know, look at Armand's team. He needs quarterbacks. You look at Jerry's team, like Jerry's even worse off than Armand. He only has Fitzpatrick. Yep. When you look at Sam's team, like Sam benefited. Carson Wentz got traded. You know, it looks like Jalen Hurts' guy. Joe Burrow showed a lot of promise his rookie year. Like, Sam has three... On paper, very, very solid to maybe even good quarterbacks. Does he need to go quarterback here? I guess the question, because if he doesn't need quarterback, does it make sense for him to potentially try and move back out of the situation and watch potentially somebody like myself or Stefan try to get up into the first round and into that spot? Because obviously, I know at least for the two of us, we're both strapped for two quarterbacks this year. Right. You know, Bridge, Bridgewater obviously does, potentially doesn't have a starting job that kills Stefan with it. Breeze retiring kills it. That's two quarterbacks apiece for each of us. And there's rumors that are saying that um, Minnesota potentially might be looking at a quarterback. I doubt it, but it's just one of those ones that just piss you off on the inside. Um, so who really knows? It's one of those ones that it's fuck. It's the whole thing with my situation and the roster and everything like that just bothers me a little bit in life. And Watching, I don't think Cousins is is the long-term answer for this organization, but I feel like they're the ones that can really go through and, and make it happen. And I'm doing my best to stall here because, I mean, if you didn't hear the dog in the background, I think it's actually kind of funny that, you know, we just had to pause for part of that with it. But, I, yeah, I feel like when we look at what's going on with the entire situation, I think Mac Jones is the professional one to go through with it. I think he's the guy that takes care of business that – that really looks at it and Sam doesn't need to go quarterback, but I think the spot that he's in screams, we need to go quarterback. So I would, wouldn't be surprised if Sam gets out of that position. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to argue with that. I mean, is there any, like, do you, you think unequivocally this, this position needs to be a quarterback? There's no way he could go. I mean, running back wide receiver, maybe even tight end. I think it's gotta be a quarterback. Just we play in a we play in a two QB league. I quarterbacks are way too valuable. And I think the fact that if we would be picking the number one running back is it it at number three is a stretch with the running backs that are coming in, depending on situation and everything like that. The only guy I could see being relevant in this position would be Kyle Pitts. Fair enough. Okay. Bold. I like it. All right. Well, I guess let's move on. Let's talk about Chris. And this is just gonna be one pick in this section. Um, with the fourth pick, Chris selects Justin Fields. I mean, for starters, this was a guy that was penciled in as the number two quarterback since last summer. More or less, I mean, the Big Big Ten obviously didn't have, like, the normal season, but he kind of lived up to expectations. Like, that first-round playoff game against Clemson was absurd. Mm-hmm. Alabama, not so much, but you know, no, not many teams did good things against Alabama this year. But I mean, Fields is a very, very, very good prospect, and he's the fourth QB. Like, how happy is Chris right now? Oh, I the fact the the depth at QB you can get this year is absolutely fucking stupid. And if 
like we talked about before, if Sam doesn't go quarterback here at three, that's just another uh, option that that Chris gets here at four to really choose where he wants to go. And I, th- I mean, and I, we've talked about this. I don't know if we said it there. I get confused between our online on on air conversations and our offline conversations. The fifth quarterback drafted in this year's draft is going to be better than the first quarterback drafted in next year's draft. Very likely, at yep. least at this point. I mean, quarterback yep. landscape can change quickly, but the five this year are very, very good on paper. Yep, and I think I think this gives Chris flexibility depending on landing situations with with Fields, with Lance, and everything like that. Because if the first three picks we know are going to be quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft, is this going to be? Yes. And the last thing you want for Chris is this to be a Broncos pick with it because he's got Drew Lock on the on the roster. The last thing you want him to do is trade for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, you, you're really hoping Drew Lock continues to be the guy here and you get some kind of value out of him this way. And then you're nervous again because Cam Newton, there, there's talks that Cam Newton's going to be trading or that New England might be trading up with Atlanta mm-hmm. at four. Um, Denver's Jimmy also Garoppolo talking about, oh, and Garoppolo's already being replaced. This isn't good. So you, you got to know Chris is going quarterback here. And if Sam doesn't want to, maybe... Maybe this is a move up one spot. You shell a resource to move up just one. I mean, we've all seen what happens when you do that. Fuck bears. Um, but at the same point in time, you don't have to. You really don't yeah. have to. I mean, I was going to say, like, how much of a difference when you look at, like, at least these first four quarterbacks, like, between one, two, three, and four, like, is there a wide range? Like, when you look at, like, Mac Jones to Justin Fields, like, is there – I mean, we don't know where Fields is going to land. We don't know where Mac Jones is going to land. But – at least on paper, how big of a difference do you think that is? I think the only difference is Lawrence is better than the other four. I think the yeah. other four, depending on landing situation and everything like that, I I think there's a small difference between you know Wilson and Mac Jones, but I think between Mac Jones, Fields, and then I think those are guys that are middle tiers, and then I think Trey Lance just comes up just shy of the the Fields line. Okay. I mean, and, Fields, I really like just because of his rushing upside. Oh, 100%. And we know how I've, fucking fantasy gold those quarterbacks are. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's really interesting. When you look at, like, just quarterbacks that, like, have kind of been sold on, like, their rushing abilities and look at, like, you know, first or second round picks the last few years, like, first of all, there hasn't been a ton, but, like, there are also, like, hasn't been a weird bust yet. Like, Jalen Hurts we had last year. He was more of a scrambling quarterback, and, you know, it's jury's still out on him i'm not gonna crown him but he i think looked decent for a rookie you should be optimistic about him and then you look at you know before that we had uh kyler murray and then before that you had lamar jackson and even josh allen and then i think until you get to like the next rushing quarterback you probably have to go back to like 2015 to get to like maybe marcus Mariota. like rushing quarterbacks just have such a high floor such a high floor that it masks so much weakness for them. And Justin Fields is definitely the most mobile quarterback in this class. You know, him and Trey Lance are neck to neck and neck. Like Fields, it's like Fields is going to have to just be so freaking unbelievably awful to not be fantasy relevant. And I just don't see a way that he isn't. So like, that's why like Fields, if he, for whatever reason, or Lance for that matter, if either of those guys land in San Francisco, they're just going to be so tempting to me, like to be the number number one pick at quarterback and in the draft, just because of landing spot and then also the dynamic dynamic like ability they bring in the rushing or running side of things. Yep, I completely agree with that. All right, anything? I mean, for Chris, like if the board plays out, or let me backtrack. 
are the first four picks going to be quarterbacks? I think so. Yes. The only one I, I, I think Sam, if he's going to, if it's not going to be the first four, Sam trains out trades out of three. I just can't see the fact that with the depth and talented quarterback that they're not the first four off the board right now. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's move on to the next kind of grouping of uh, draft picks and we'll get it started with Jerry on the clock at five. And Jerry comes in, I think with, for my money, the first big shocker of the draft. Kyle Pitts, tight end for Florida. Yep. At number six, we have Sam taking the first running back in the board. At six, Najee Harris. And Sam's doing it again at seven, taking the first wide receiver, Jamar Chase. LSU took the year off, but it's it was kind of okay to have a year off when you watch Justin Jefferson do his thing as a rookie and Terrace Marshall do his thing in LSU. And then you remember that Jamar Chase was better than all of them. So let's just talk about these picks. Let's start with Jerry, Kyle Pitts. Dan, yeah. I know you've been very passionate about him offline. Go at it right now. So, I mean, the the statistics and the, the intangibles for this guy are off the fucking charts with it. And Jerry's absolutely stacked at wide receiver. Now, yes, I could have made a case here that Najee Harris is probably the smarter choice for Jerry. But I really think that Pitts is going to end up in a very, very favorable spot to be completely fantasy godlike in in this i think i right now i have him potentially going off the board at six to miami there's no way he goes further than 11 to the giants i could see him at 10 to the cowboys which that's probably the worst landing spot that he could be there because he could potentially be lost in all the different weapons that that team has but this kid's a stud in his own right he's an absolute fucking freak of nature and when you compare him with dk metcalf you know aj brown t higgins You've got some good options here. Jerry desperately needs a running back, but I just I find it hard to pass up on the guy that you know is going to be studly. So for me, yep, I, I won't dispute it. I think Kyle Pitts. I think you can make a case like just in the NFL draft, like Kyle Pitts is like the second best player. Hell, mm-hmm. you could even make a case maybe he's the best overall player. I don't know, but he's a tight end. Yep, and don't get me wrong, like we. Like Kyle Pitts is like borderline transcended, but he's still a tight end. And when you look at Jerry's team, like he right now, like before the draft even starts, not even factoring in like the the number two overall pick, he does not have a quarterback. He has Ryan Fitzpatrick and nothing else. He does not have a running back. Like Tony Pollard is like his best running back. Tony fucking Pollard. Like when you look at Jerry's team, like, and you need to like, if you're Jerry, like you need to be very realistic with your expectations. Cause I think if you, Take someone like Kyle Pitts here. I think you need to like then be very realistic that, okay, I'm not contending this year and I'm probably not going to be contending next year. So like, because this is a deep quarterback class next year, doesn't look deep at quarterback next year's running back class does not look very, or as strong as maybe even this year too. So the fact that you're passing on maybe the fifth quarterback, maybe the first overall running back in this year's class, like, I, I don't know that, that to me is very difficult to swallow. Um, mm-hmm. I get it. Pitts is awesome. But like for Jerry's situation, and it's not like Najee Harris or Trey Lance are like bad picks, but I don't know if, if I was Jerry, I think these first two picks have to be either quarterback, 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 running back in some order. Like I, I, I think going anywhere else, but that like that to me is going to signal that Jerry's aiming for 2023 to be a realistic contender and there's nothing wrong with that but like then jerry like fitzpatrick off his team like by the like 
you know, the draft. Like anyone that like is not going to be viable for the next two years, get out of the team. Like donezo. But that that's just my approach. You know, people handle it differently. Yeah, and I think the interesting piece too is when you talk about those. So Jerry's got three first round draft picks this year. Yep. He's got three first round draft picks next year. Mm-hmm. He's got three second round draft picks this year, and again, a very very deep class. He's got yeah. three second round draft picks next next year. I mean, we could be seeing an entirely different team that Jerry's put together at the end of this year and the end of next year. So, I mean, realistically, yes, I would say if you're Jerry, 2023 is 100 percent the way that you go. With but it. I mean, it's so now like, trying to play yeah. a game now. Okay. If I t- like, you just said Jerry has three picks in a vacuum. Would you rather have? And you know, maybe you already know the answer to this. Kyle Pitts and like RB seven. I don't know. I'm gonna pull a name out of my ass. Trey Sermon, mm-hmm. or would you rather have Najee Harris and like the second tight end and like Pat Free Freer me? Like, I and that and I guess yeah. I mean, like, you, you obviously like, want you want the running back. Cost. Yeah, well, you like, want just in that back. situation. Yeah, I don't know because like I think running back falls off like a cliff this year. Like you're right, Jerry does have like it is a deep draft and Jerry does have second round picks, but like run or wide receiver is like the and quarterback are the deeper parts of this draft. And Jerry doesn't really need wide receivers. Like it's not like if he passes on running backs that he's going to have just so many options in the second round. Like it's running backs, you know, some will pop, but I don't know. I think it's risky if he passes on Nasha Harris. No, I'm not disagreeing with part of that. All right, let's move on to Sam. I mean, for these next two picks, um, again, like Sam is kind of like in a, good spot in the sense that he's not like Armand, Jerry, or Chris and like really needing to draft for need, I think. Like Ted tight end is probably his biggest need. And I'm sure he would like Kyle Pitts, but like Najee Harris, you know, Jamar Chase, like those are two pretty luxury picks. And Jamar Chase is another one that's very similar to Kyle Pitts in the sense that a case can be made that he's the best player in this class. Yep. I think it when especially for these next two picks, I think Sam looks at going best player available. And this is one of those ones where it's just depth at this point in time. How many more pieces can you acquire that could potentially boom with it? Because I mean, I think this is the last year where Sam is not going to be. And I even think that's a stretch where I'm saying that he's not going to be relevant. But I think Sam is potentially squeaking in at this third playoff spot this year um, with just the draft picks that he has and the talent that's in this year's draft. I think that really sets up Sam to be picking for this year. And now Sam officially is going to be in that contending spot for um, those spots in the Avengers league. When you look at Sam's team, I mean, he's got three picks in the first seven, you know, he clearly is angling more to be a contender after last year's draft and some trades that he had. Like, do you think, should he, should he be making three picks or should he maybe be trying to look for a trade, maybe try to get an upgrade at a player or get someone a little more proven? I think the question becomes is what faith do you have in Cam Akers? And is Cam Akers going to be the the running back of choice in in L.A.? Um, if he's going to be the running back of choice, then you're good because you have Jacobs, Akers, and then you're obviously going with Najee Harris. You've got a couple of other different pieces. I James Robinson, I, I like. I'm not in love with with some of that. Um You know, Keyshawn Vaughn's not going to be the answer in in Tampa Bay anymore. Yeah, I think I still think that Sam has all the reasons to say, I'm going to make these first three picks. But Sam could also look at it as saying, these three picks are going to be what I need to fill out my roster with the talent that's on the board and go from there. I could easily see Sam taking, you know, a Kyle Pitts at number three and just saying, fuck it. If I can't get the the deal I want for the guy, I'm going to go get the fucking guy that I want. I mean, it's what's, what's draft day. 
you know, it's always who. Do you remember the name? I, I spaced on it right now. Oh, um, in the movie. Yep, in the movie. <laughs> I don't remember. Yep, it's but... always that, and that's and I mean, if that's where Sam goes in at number three and saying it's always this, and if he can go back one, possibly two spots or anything like that, and this is truly where he wants to go, I mean, kudos, fucking go get yeah. your guy. I mean, you're a hundred and ten percent right. Like whether whoever it is, like Jerry taking pits, you know, Sam maybe taking pits at higher. Like this is if you really believe in this a guy, and it's going to be like a stud, like he's going to work out. Like this is by far the cheapest that he will ever be to get. So if you believe in him, it's risky, but sometimes you just got to go for it, and you can't like tempt fate. You can't like be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Like Sam has multiple picks. Like maybe I'll wait like a spot, or Jerry has multiple picks. Maybe I'll wait. You can't do that sometimes, and because if you don't, if you do do that, you watch someone else maybe capitalize, and then you're never gonna see the player again. Yeah, I see Sam moving out of ten or eleven or twelve before <laughs> I see him moving out of out of uh, three, six, and seven. When we look at like these top seven picks you know armand's got one jerry's got two sam's got three chris has got one is sam like the only guy that you think would probably be willing to entertain a move or do you think armand jerry or chris could potentially be talked into something unless it's for high value talent they're gonna go youth 100 percent gonna go youth i think in the, the from the rebuild perspective that armand and jerry are in there's no way they're moving chris's spot can get moved if you're gonna deal him a top tier quarterback but if you're not dealing him a top tier quarterback, he's not moving out of that spot. Especially if especially if Sam doesn't need the additional quarterback slot. Yeah, fair enough. Can't argue with that. Well, let's move on to I guess the next tier. And Dan, you're on the clock at eight. And Dan's going with Travis Etienne, running back out of Clemson. We're moving to pick nine. And Jerry's on the clock and he's taking Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. And Mr. Nick Ruth is probably a little happy right now because he's rolling with Mr. Trey Lance, quarterback out, out of North Dakota State. Dan, let's start with your pick. Um, what is maybe like, if you want, you know, any light you want to shed, like what would the thought process be as you're on the clock at eight? So I, when I look at this, you know, I, the question becomes is obviously Christian McCaffrey's health. I think he's going to be healthy. Everything's going to be good. Mike Davis goes to an interesting spot in Atlanta where I'm not really 100 percent sure what to expect out of that backfield, but mm-hmm. I assume with the year that Mike Davis had, Mike Davis is going to be the guy to go to, and that's encouraging. And then by sheer bullshit, I end up with fucking Texans backfield, which <laughs> you really don't feel good about with part of it. But you know what? If it's Lindsey or if it's um, Ingram, old man Ingram, yeah. I mean, I I have arguably pretend, I know I have at least two backfields, so I have at least two starters. But you don't really feel good with the fact that you just have two. And one of those, you're not 100% sure which guy it's going to be each week with it. So running back 100% makes the biggest impact here as I dealt a bunch of second-round picks for guys to try and solidify my chances at winning playoff matchups. It obviously didn't work. Ricole Armstead, I'm pretty sure, died of COVID at some point in time during the <laughs> year with it. But, I yeah, running back 100% makes sense for me here. Yeah, I mean, I made this pick for you, so, like, we don't know, like, if you would have actually made this. But, I mean, I think you you definitely would be in, I think, a tough spot, like, with it, whether Travis, Etienne, or, I mean, Trey Lance. Like, quarterback has to be tempting, too, just, you know, with the Breeze retirement. Like, both these guys, I think, are great picks, great options, and I don't think you can go wrong with either. But, like, that's going to be a real Sophie's choice, trying to decide between 
the running back quarterback, I think. Yep. And the question for me becomes is does it make sense for me to move out of or back in the draft if I can acquire one of those two positions to make sure that I can solidify for sure a starter? Because I don't think I'm in I mean, I don't think I'm in rebuild opportunity right now. I think yeah. I still have enough talent that uh, I mean, especially when I talk about it, arguably have QB one and wide receiver or RB one and Q and WR one mm-hmm. with a top five QB. It's hard to say that I'm going to move out of that spot. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I mean, going back to your point, like with trading back, I think trading back could make sense for you here just because, you know, like you said, you have a little bit of some holes, like just some patchwork that needs to be done because you do Mm -hmm. have some elite talent. But like you look at like Sam chalking it or coming in at 11 and 12, like if Sam moves, you know, pick 11 and I don't know, a second rounder maybe next year, you could still maybe get like, I don't know, a, a good player maybe like Javante Williams at running back, but you get that future second. Maybe that's tempting. I don't know. Um, But like me or Kevin, you know, I know he has two picks early second rounders, like maybe something like that. If you're not in love with Travis Etienne, you're not in love with Trey Lance, but you still like the board and how it might shape out. I think trading back can make a lot of sense. Yeah. But I think this is a big draft day decision for me is I'm not sold on the fact that I have to make the pick here Mm -hmm. with that. Yes. I know. I, I, if, if everything pans out, where Davis starts in, in Atlanta, McCaffrey is good to go. You know, we get a clear cut out of Texans. Michael Gallup retains fantasy relevancy. Cole Beasley was there. You know, Gerald Everett going to Seattle was big. There's yeah. not a whole lot of additional spots that I really have to worry about other than depth with it. And if I can move out and get depth to make sure that I cover what I need to, life's pretty good for me. Fair enough. Well, let's move on to Jerry. He's on the clock for the third time and he takes Jalen Waddell. Um, again, this is kind of an interesting pick for me. I think, you know, Jalen Waddle again, might be the best player available, but Trey Lance and Javante Williams passing on the quarterback running back again. I mean, yep. I'm just echo my thoughts earlier with Kyle Pitts. You know, if you believe in Jalen Waddle and he's your guy, I, I can't tell you that you're wrong, but I, I don't know if from a, I don't know, a strategic point of view, it would maybe be the best uh, course of action. If oh, I was and hind- this oh and hindsight being twenty twenty, I would change this pick in a heartbeat with it. But we we did this one. You know, this was we actually went pretty quick through part of this and everything did, like yeah. that. But I mean, yeah, this I I mean, Waddle probably is going to be the best talent on the board at this point Hard in time. To argue but it, with that, yeah. it doesn't necessarily fit what Jerry needs. And this is one of those ones where you view do you value needs versus best player with it and obviously i think you take the needs of what you need without thinking you're stretching too much for for or grasping at the straw that you really want if i if if i told you you know jerry like or if, if jerry said he could come away with either two really good quarterbacks or two really good running backs what would he prefer two qbs obviously i mean qb yeah. we run a two qb league and qbs are the center around what we put together yeah qbs are going to be the better ones to live with I agree with that. And then, all right, let's move on to Nick Ruth. You know, he got this pick uh, after trading Travis Kelsey. And, I mean, Nick's got to be pretty ecstatic at this point. The 10th overall pick getting Trey Lance. Um, Gardner Minshew era is more than likely over. Dak Prescott's hopefully going to come back healthy. Baker Mayfield kind of showed signs of life. Like, Nick needs a third quarterback. And, I mean, this is one of those situations that they joke, like, they're running to the podium to make this selection. Like, (laughs) If this plays out like Nick is 
like 100% got to be taking Trey Lance, right? Yeah, and I, I, if it plays out the way we predicted 100%, but I also think this is where Nick looks at trying to get up in that three spot. I think this is one of those ones where this makes a lot of sense for Nick. Um, Nick's got a couple pieces that I've, I feel he can afford to sell off yeah. on his roster to make sure that he gets the guy that he is. He's going through a mini rebuild, so removing some of the other pieces on his roster is not going to be a big deal for it. Um if Nick moves up, I mean, is the goal to get like a better quarterback in your mind or like any other specific player? Or what's kind of Nick's moving up here for a quarterback and Nick's got two first round draft picks next year in the draft, his own and then Kevin's with it. So I 100 percent think if Nick's going to if Nick wants to move up, he can get rid of, you know, one dot ten. He can get rid of a first next year, move up into the three spot and get the quarterback that he really wants to get. And Sam gets to go back and build some of the additional pieces that he needs with it. Um, I mean, I could, depending on where, if it's not going to be there, I could see 1.6 being an option to make sure that he jumps over the fact that Jerry's going to pick again Yeah, with it. Because right now, this is going to be one of those battles for, you know, who's going to acquire the additional piece to make them more relevant. And obviously, we know how important these four first five quarterbacks are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess that's a good point, because when you look at it, Nick does have two first round picks next year. But again, quarterback on paper doesn't look amazing next year. Now, it can change so quickly. I mean, Zach Wilson, even Mac Jones, like weren't 100 percent on the radar this time last year. And they kind of popped like Mm -hmm. we could see that happen next year. But like it's so deep this year. And I, I think you're right. If Nick can move up, I think it might make sense. But I, I don't know. Two first he have to really believe in someone to do something like that to justify that just because I don't know. Like there's just so much talent on the board right now. Even if like, you know, Jerry did take Trey Lance at nine, like Nick mm-hmm. still could, you know, Jalen Waddle. We'll talk about Devonte Smith. We'll talk about Javante Williams shortly. Like there's a lot of talent that, yeah, it sucks if he misses out on the quarterback, but I mean, Nick isn't going to say no to a wide receiver or a pretty good running back yeah and i think i mean i think the running back becomes the most aggressive option for nick outside of you know he's got mixon with them letting go of geo mixon's obviously the guy here unless cincinnati i doubt cincinnati's gonna go running back at five that doesn't make any sense for me because you need to protect joe burrow you've got gibson who showed really good pieces um last year but outside of that you don't have anything after that you really don't. Yeah, Tariq Cohen, but he's coming back from a major injury. Yeah. Devin Singletary, Tide, nobody really knows. Devin yeah. Singletary, yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Wilson's intriguing, but I don't know about what he can exactly do. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else with these, you know, kind of cluster of picks before we move on to the last one? No, let's hit up the last two here. All right, Sam is on the clock for the final two again. At pick 11, Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner from... Roll Tide University, and at number 12, Javante Williams, running back from North Carolina Tar Heels. Dan, what are your thoughts? I mean, they, they both make sense for the teams and their needs with it. I, I mean, especially for Sam's pick, it makes a lot of sense here. Um, you continue to build depth and and taking care of what you need to take care of along with that. And then, I mean, obviously Smith is going to be a really good piece for, for Sam's team. These are just – these are the two that I don't see Sam necessarily needing to take. These are opportunities for other teams to move up, to acquire these pieces. I think I think these are the two most questionable team picks in the entire draft. I agree. I mean, I think 
whether it's Sam, whether it's someone else, I think Devontae Smith, Javante Williams, like I think these guys go here just because like they're, in my opinion, the clear like best players available. But I think you're right. I don't think Sam needs to make these players. I'm curious though, as we see Sam like getting closer to the end of his rebuild, do you think that like we've seen him do a lot of trades during the draft, like where he acquires more draft picks? Is this a case where maybe instead of getting like the more draft picks, like should Sam be prioritizing players? You know, where do you kind of fall on that? I mean, I know it's kind of hard to project like trades and what'll be available, but like in an ideal world, is Sam trying to move these picks for more assets or maybe a upgrade in a starting lineup position? I think it's an upgrade hundred percent. I think when you look at the teams that are potentially in a rebuild mode, whether it's a Chris or a Ruth and a, a Nick Ruth and some of those pieces with it, I mean, I think there's some, some logic to saying, Hey, I don't necessarily need the additional depth here with it. I have a pretty decent roster. I mean, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, you know, Debo Samuel. I mean, you can go down Sam's roster and say, Holy shit. Like if these guys have a, mildly decent year in their situation sam's in a great fucking spot so i don't necessarily think sam needs to take these two young talent if sam can move these for a sure thing that makes his roster that much more dangerous yeah i i 100 agree with you actually holy shit like that's I, moving up in the world i know i we gotta like stop it i think before we get like too do I, do far I, ahead do i do i play the closing music now is that how we do this well i want i this is kind of <laughs> i'm ad-libbing it right now yeah Kevin's on the clock with pick 13. Mm. You don't, we don't put a lot of thought into this, but like Kevin's pick slash who we think maybe is best player available. Who would you take and who would I take? You'll start, you start us off. You put me on the spot here. All right. How about I'll start us off? Yeah. You, you start here. Let me, let me, let me do, let me, let me get my let resources me, I'll let you in order. for a little bit. So you can Thank pull you. something off. Thank so you. I think for me, if you're Kevin, kind of like same situation with Sam. I think you're looking to trade the pick ideally, but if you take it, I think wide receiver is probably going to be the best player available. And if it was me, I think Terrace Marshall, uh, Jamar Chase's former teammate, Justin Jefferson's former teammate, like God, what a stacked wide receiver room that they had. But I think Terrace Marshall, I think makes a lot of sense. I think he's got the big play upside. And for Kevin's team, I know he would probably like to get a running back, but I don't think a running back is on the board right now that he can take. So I think Terrace Marshall or some wide receiver would be my pick right there. Yeah, I have, I guess I, if I had to, I mean, going to add Kadarius Tooney. Okay. I I feel That's like he's... Roll the dice upside pick. It is. I, like He had a good year at Florida and everything like that. I mean, you could look at Rondell Moore with mm-hmm. some of those pieces with it. I think, I think you're 100% right. With the depth at wide receiver here, I think there's a lot of, lot of upside with it. Granted, no, Kevin's got Ridley... Galladay, oh, yeah, Iook, he doesn't need it, but... Juju, he doesn't need it, but we're looking at is this technically best player available? And I think outside of the two running backs that have already gone, running back begins to taper off with it. There's not really a barn burner tight end that you need to look at. There's no more quarterbacks, so you're definitely 100% looking at it and saying, you know what, I need to find the the wide receiver or the next best player that's going to go through and say this is what's going to get going on. I I'm tr- my, the trade Picasso is brewing in my head, but how do, <laughs> how do we turn the eighth overall pick and what else into Derrick Henry from Kevin? I think like you guys are a trade partner. I don't know how he, though, but I'm like just thinking out loud. I feel like, you know, you look at Kevin's team, I think he's maybe trying to go a little bit younger. He's got some upside. And I think, you know, just logically Derrick Henry might be the guy, but maybe, you know, you can pull another trade for a stud uh, draft or back to back on drafts. 
Yeah, I think throwing it out there. No, I I agree. I think when I look at my roster and everything like that, that says that, all right, if I'm truly acquiring Derrick Henry, that means Kevin's getting, you know, 1.8. He's probably looking at my first next year. Yep. And he's looking at minimum of a guy like Adam Thielen or Tyler Boyd coming off of my roster. Because, I mean, I, I, Gallup's in a very crowded, you know, wide receiver core. Devontae Adams isn't coming off my roster. Cole Beasley is an interesting slot guy, um, you know, but is he, you know, with Stefan Diggs there, he's never truly going to be the number one. But outside of that, it's just a lot of additional depth. Unless Kevin needs a tight end where I'm sitting with Hooper, Hurst, Aikens, and Everett. You know, it, I guess that would be the question for Kevin is whether he looks wide receiver or tight end and then the couple first to go with it. But it's like you kind of imagine Kevin doesn't want to trade that in division. True. But I mean, you look at Kevin could, you know, <laughs> music to his ears. I mean, the Saquon Barkley trade kind oh. of is maybe looking like it might work out. We'll see mm-hmm. how some of these draft picks shake out. But it could be kind of similar boat. He trades with you. He gets Travis Etienne. He gets maybe another first. Maybe he gets a player. It's kind of a similar mindset. You know, I'm trying to go into the mindset of Kevin, and that's a dangerous thing. But I think <laughs> yeah. it, I think it could make sense. I, I, Hey, Kevin, if you're talking and you want to look at Derrick Henry and some of those pieces and you want to get them done, <laughs> I, it'd be hard to argue. I definitely need it. But I, you're not touching McCaffrey. You're not touching Adams. And my boy Josh Allen is not leaving my roster. On that note, Dan, it's been a pleasure. It's always fun, sir. I'm glad we get to do these. I look forward to a couple more of them, understanding that, you know, maybe we're on the way. You know, we might be a little spaced out, but hopefully (laughs) we can continue to maintain this so that, you know, everybody listening doesn't have to hear my voice for, you know, 45 minutes as I talk about shit to myself and we kind of go from there. I mean, listening to you talk 45 minutes straight while you're progressively drinking might be, (laughs) everyone might win in that situation. Take a shot every five minutes and see how long I fucking last until I forget to hit stop on the podcast. Yeah. I love it. All right, guys, until next time. Why won't it stop recording? (laughs) I'm going to just end the call. I don't know. Okay.